While Planned Parenthood has decided that they're going to take us to court here in South Carolina, they're actually also trying to open up an abortion clinic in a shopping center in a city in New York. Imagine that, like next to the grocery store, there's your Planned Parenthood location. Good old TCBY and abortion. That is so weird. Planned Parenthood trying everything they can. One year later, we look at where Afghanistan stands now compared to where they did before the American withdrawal of troops. And the president has signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act. Can you feel that? Ooh, Can you feel that? That's, is that that's, what that feeling is? That, is? Is, that, is that the balloon of inflation <gasps> deflating? We'll talk about all of that. I think so. More. I think it's blowing up some more stuff. We'll talk about it all next. And welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson here with you talking about a lot of different things going on across the country. And we begin, of course, with Planned Parenthood. They're suing us here in South Carolina. Not a surprise. Not really at all because they turn around and they're trying to shut down the heartbeat law that was signed by Governor McMaster in February of last year. Was stayed by the federal courts, but after the Dobbs decision... It was reinstated in June, so what did they do? They decided they're going to sue in state court. Our state Supreme Court last week took up that case, said that we're going to take it, and immediately put a stay on the law, which basically is a temporary hold that says we're not going to enforce the law yet while we look at the case. I actually think this is an opportunity because it was a 5-0 decision. I think it was a signal to the South Carolina House and the South Carolina Senate, hey, listen, if you read through the document that they put out there, there's some confusing, ambiguous language that is in the heartbeat law that, depending upon how you read it, can either mean that you can enforce it or not enforce the law. So I think it was probably a signal by the Supreme Court to, hey, listen, when the House and Senate, you come back in to take up this new abortion law, it's probably best for you to make sure that it's abundantly clear what the law in the state of South Carolina is going to be. On August 30th, the House is going to be returning to be able to take up House Bill 5399. That's the Human Life Protection Act. That will end abortion in South Carolina, but give defined reasons for medical abortions to take place or medical services to be able to be provided to Mm -hmm. women, including things like ectopic pregnancy, miscarriage, a laundry list of those. But that bill currently does not have any inclusion of exceptions for rape and incest. The House wants to keep that exactly as it is right now. The question is whether or not that's going to happen in the Senate. That The Senate actually had hearings last week they did. Uh, to be able to be prepared to receive that bill when the House finishes it October 30th, or excuse me, August 30th, 31st, however long they take to get that completed. The, the Senate will come back in on September the 6th. That's in South Carolina. Yes. But in Henrietta, New York, okay. the board of the town of Henrietta, New York, voted three to two to deny a special permit to Planned Parenthood to be able to put an abortion clinic in a shopping center in Henrietta, New York. Now imagine you go to the grocery store, there's the grocery store, there's like the Dollar General or whatever it's going to be next door, maybe your TCBY, and then all of a sudden there's your abortion clinic. Seems to fit. 
it goes together so well. Imagine in your hometown, wherever you live, wherever your shopping center, that shopping plaza is in your neighborhood that you probably run to when you need to go pick up an item real quick. Imagine that shopping center having a planned parenthood location in it. In a vote of three to two, the town council of Henrietta, New York said, no, we don't want to have that. Planned Parenthood decided, oh, yet again, to yeah. sue. Yeah, here's what, here's what they said. As Dave reads it, it's going to be on your screen for you. Planned Parenthood of Central and Western New York has filed a lawsuit against the town of Henrietta after its board voted 3-2 to two to reject Planned Parenthood's special use permit. Planned Parenthood, which was seeking to open a clinic for quote-unquote abortion services in a retail plaza, said in court documents that it would offer services such as STI and HIV testing. Well, that's a good thing that's to be able thing. to offer that. I like those. Those, you know, those are good things to have. But, the, you know, they're going to have abortion services right. as well as those and ready for... Did you get the memo they're expanding their, mm -hmm. their, their coverage? I actually know about this. So they're cross-sex hormones as well for people who are claiming to suffer from gender dysphoria. Now, there's a story of a young lady who has appeared uh, talking to Michael Knowles at the Daily Wire, and she recounts her story about her dealing with gender dysphoria. She actually transitioned right. to, to be a male and has detransitioned. And talked about the fact that she went to a Planned Parenthood and without any sort of backup, without any sort of testing, any sort of run through or questionnaire, she went in and said, this amount of testosterone I'm taking, I still feel like a girl. And they just wrote a prescription for more. No further no, review. No, just wrote a prescription for more shots. This is where we call good evil and evil good. It just doesn't seem to make any sense right. whatsoever. The board argued that there are already several urgent care clinics and surgical facilities within that the town's zoning area um, and it would be completely inconsistent with the shopping area mm -hmm. which wouldn't have enough parking spaces or enough ability for ambulances to get in there correct. in case there's a botched abortion correct so while Planned Parenthood's Michelle Casey told the board the location would not be performing surgeries she told the local newspaper that should the clinic ever open it would offer surgical abortions up to 13.6 weeks of pregnancy. Now, I don't know about you, but the modifier of abortions being surgical seems to mean that it would be surgery. It would be. I it, mean, that's the That modifier. would make sense, but the modifier, they've also said but, that they're not going to have surgeries. But they're going to have surgical abortions, but that's not surgery. No. But Planned Parenthood is also all about your, your cross-sex hormone therapy business now. Sure. Okay, just want to make sure that we all understand what Planned Parenthood is really in the business of doing now. So, welcome yet again to Planned Parenthood Lawsuit Capital of America because that's what's going to be happening all across the country where you have pro-life legislation and pro-life decisions being made by your elected officials. Welcome to Life After Roe. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to looking forward to this battle. We talked about this last week on our Saturday special. Uh, the Justice Department is suing the state of Idaho based on their trigger law under MTALA. Um, you have the a constitutional amendment vote in Kansas uh, that did not break the pro-life way. The the battle is certainly different now than it has been in years past. The battle is certainly different in Afghanistan now than it was even a year ago. If you remember, in July of 2021. President Biden came out to the podium and said, he wandered out there and 
found he was a little, mic- little, he little found bit the after mic- two. He found the microphone. Did he find it? And he talked about how we we're going to withdraw our troops, and it was time. And then I he, love how wait, he announced a month before. He announced a month before. That but we hey, listen, we're out. leaving in a month. We're leaving in a month, and so he we have the withdrawal. He's asked that day though. Does he does he suspect a, ta- a Taliban takeover? No, of course not. And is what he said. And do you trust the Taliban? No, of course not. And yet we leave people on the ground, um, people hanging on to airplanes people as they're on taking airplanes, off. People falling off of airplanes, right. airplanes packed full of people, and 13, coming over here without any way of checking who and they are. 13 American lives 13 lost. 13 American lives lost. Because we announced beforehand. Thousands of Americans still over there, to which the press secretary at the time, Jen Psaki, I can't believe I'm saying this, we miss you, said... Um, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, said at the time, well, you know, we can't get everybody out. If they want to come, they'll come. Which Hello, was, you shut off half the roads. Was, the Taliban shut off half the roads leading to... Before we even withdrew. Right, because they were like, oh, they're getting ready to leave. Let's figure out how we're going to stop as many as possible. So, And they're stopping some of their own people as well. They are. CNN wants you to know, though, Clarissa Ward is their chief international correspondent. Kudos to her for all the hard work she does in very dangerous territory. Uh, but she did a piece... Afghans reflect on life since the U.S. withdrawal Afghanistan one year later. One person interviewed said, quote, there will be no more mothers becoming widows. Um, Less than 50 miles from Kabul, the response to the Taliban takeover is radically different. Uh, Locals say they're relieved that U.S. troops left. Um, You have to ask the question whether or not the coverage that you're getting from the most trusted name in news, uh, CNN. Well, they're more trusted now because Brian Stelter's not. Oh, that's true. That, that is so true. But how much of this is has been reviewed and approved by the Taliban? Because my gracious, the Taliban is is cutting off every opportunity for women. They're taking away, t- taking them out of jobs and saying, find male family members who can come in and do the job now. Mm-hmm. Or des- despite what your education might be, there are more than 160,000 SIV, which is special immigration visa Afghans, waiting for approval. A lot of those folks are the folks who actually aided and helped American troops and the work that was being done there through translations which and puts providing in, information. Which puts them in the crosshairs of the Taliban. All pun intended. Meanwhile, the Taliban held celebrations this past week in Kabul, um, waving white flags, which is... White flags also mark the graves of Taliban fighters who were killed. Okay. Um, waving white flags, chanting, long live Islam and death to America. They seem nice. Where do they do this? Um, just outside the former U.S. Embassy. Oh. So they basically were dancing on the political grave of America yes. in Afghanistan. And chanting death to America. There you also, go. remember the Al-Qaeda leader that yeah. we just took out with a drone with a bunch of yeah. blades in it, which is really cool technology, but still... Where was he at, Dave? Where wasn't was, he in Afghanistan? He was in Kabul. Was he, wasn't he like on the fourth floor, the like little penthouse, little balcony area? Yeah. They're what in Afghanistan. That, what does that tell you about who's in welcome, Afghanistan? Welcome, welcome to what, Kabul. What does that tell you about what's happening in Afghanistan? Uh, I think we need um, to kind of know who's in charge now. About 46% of Afghan girls are now not attending school, compared to the 20% of boys, according to a report by Save the Children. According to the World Food Program... Our former friend, governor, Dave, governor David Beasley, who, who was running that, just won a Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, he did. 
reports that 18.9 million people, that's nearly half of their population in Afghanistan, acutely lack access to food. Since the Taliban takeover, Western nations cut off aid and imposed sanctions. Many Afghans now rely on aid groups just to meet their food needs. If they don't provide immediate humanitarian funding and find a way to revive the banking system and support the spiraling economy, children's lives will be lost, and more boys and girls will lose their childhoods to labor, marriage, and rights violations. That's what happens when we leave, though. But, hey, it's all good because we're not over there anymore. We, We have zero presence in Afghanistan now. But what did the president say about this then? We don't. We don't. I mean, I haven't heard anything from him really. Maybe you have. Well, there was kind of he put out a statement a little while ago. You know, tried to make it seem like he's moving forward in a public policy direction. We. He's claiming that it is better for America now in the long run because we're no longer there in Afghanistan. As a matter of fact, I had a chance while I was gallivanting. If you missed the gallivant that comments. Was my, that was my word of the day. The word of the day was gallivant while I was apparently gallivanting in Washington, D.C. last yes, of week. Course. I did meet with some folks on the national news front. And it's very interesting when you talk to somebody who's inside the bubble of White House coverage, of Washington, D.C. coverage. They see the world very differently than we do at the shopping center that doesn't include a Planned Parenthood in the same shopping plaza. We don't have those here. We don't have those here. But inside Washington, D.C., they see, oh, the president's got a longer-range vision of what's being done. He didn't have enough of a long-range vision to figure out how to get us out of Afghanistan in a very clean way. I say this in a very nonpartisan way. The president barely has a clear enough vision to find his way to the bathroom. That's Um, just saying. Speaking of clear vision, yes. If you missed it, the Inflation Reduction Act is now law. Uh, do you feel that? Do you feel that the price of your eggs are going down? Aren't they? No, they're no, not. No, no, no. I oh, is your is your is your? Are you trying to look for a house? Is the housing market better? No. No. Oh, okay. Um, but don't worry. We're going to talk about what the Inflation Reduction Act does. Oh, does it really do a lot of great stuff for us? Because I, I love how the fact that we are spending billions of dollars. To get ourselves out of a hole? Hey, spending that, money gets you out of the problem you made by spending, spending money. money. So and again, this is this is both sides. But it's borrowed money that you're spending. You're spending yes. more borrowed money. To, to make your to make your debt. It, when, it, when you say it's going to lower the American deficit or lower the American debt, what it really does is make, it makes your debt less valuable. Right. So when they, if, the, if, people, if your debtors come to collect, the money will not take a big hit on you. Because, because it's actually valuable. worth less. Yeah, it's worth right. less. Uh, but the president did speak. This was on August the 16th in the state dining room because it was a nice, fun time. Well, did, he have a, um, did he have snacks while I he was there? I don't know. I mean, no, was I'm it sure the afternoon? I'm sure there was like pudding was, or applesauce There or something. could have been some there. Um, it's kind of good for him to have that every now and then for the afternoon snack. This yes. felt like the White House tried to get a Reagan-esque moment from the president. Um, but the problem is Reagan could actually say a Reagan-esque moment without having to be stumbling over a script. We're in a session. Of, this is a quote. I'm okay. reading the White House transcript, whitehouse.gov. If you if you think the speeches are good listening to them, you should read them. Oh, are they better? <laughs> yeah, because you have the little strikeouts. And, oh, oh, you have commentary. Great. We're Edits. in a session of, for a while, people doubted whether any of that was going to happen. But we're in a season of substance. This administration began amid a dark time in America, 
as Jim said, a once-in-a-century pandemic. Devastating joblessness, clear and present threats to democracy and the rule of law, doubts about America's future itself. And yet we've not wavered. We've not flinched. And we've not given in. Instead, we're delivering results for the American people. We didn't tear down. We built up. We didn't did, look back. Did, did they build back better? Is that we what didn't look back. We okay. looked forward. Yes. And today, today offers further proof that the soul of America is vibrant, that the future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real and just beginning. So he they, talks a little bit. It's an attempt to sound like he's thinking in a broader yes. He's delivering progress and prosperity okay. to American families, Dave. And how is he going to do it, Dave? How, how is he going to do this? He lists he go in into his it? speech, okay. this Inflation Reduction Act lowers prescription drug prices. It deepens the effects of Obamacare to help people get medical coverage. It confronts the climate crisis. It confronts energy security, and it lessens the American debt. Do you know what they didn't say? It does not lower the price of your gallon of milk, which was four sixty two this weekend. It doesn't lower the price necessarily of your gas, which is still hovering around three fifty to four dollars a gallon. I love how they claim that it's the fastest reduction in gas prices when it was the twice as fastest jump in gas prices in American history. <clears throat> how little we have to to put any sort of footing on when you listen to a White House which is trying to cover its tracks by making up the story as it goes along. And that's exactly what they did with this. My favorite is that they say it doesn't increase taxes for the middle class. But but it does. Okay. I mean I mean it it, it literally does. Um, here's another win for the American people. We're cutting the deficit, blah de blue de blue. Big corporations will now pay a minimum fifteen percent tax instead of us. I'm sorry. I'm reading this. Big corporations will now pay a minimum 15% tax instead of us. Five, 55 of them got away with paying $0 in federal income tax on $40 billion in profit. Here it is. Okay. And I'm keeping my campaign commitment. No one, let me emphasize no one, earning less than 400000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. I, you gotta it's ask not you. true. It's in the bill. How many of you actually believe that stuff? I mean – you're you're sitting there, you're folding the clothes, you're riding into work, you're listening to this as you're working out, whatever you might be doing. Do you really think that that's going to be the case? This is the place where I believe that that the echo chamber of Washington, D.C., having been up there last week, the echo chamber of Washington, D.C., thinks that if we say it, people will believe it. But the reality is we are feeling it. You're feeling it when you go to the grocery store. You're feeling it when you fill up with gas. You're feeling it every single day because... The paycheck isn't stretching quite as far as it did last time. And companies are beginning to make decisions right now, Justin, to go whether or not they want to expand or contract the services and the teams that they have because they don't know where the economy is going to go next. This is this is Build Back Better just under a different name. The, tell me what's different. Tell me what's different. We're exorbitantly spending money that we do not have to do what? To tackle climate? 
You're telling me, and again, Earth's warming, Earth's cooling. You can't convince me that me supporting your boondoggle legislation is going to decrease the temperature of the Earth. I'm sorry. That's a non-starter for but me. But he did say during the campaign he was going to get rid of fossil fuels. We I did mean, a good job of that. He, he made it more expensive. I'll made it that. more expensive. People aren't investing in fossil fuels. And they're not doing anything when it comes to, to new permits for allowing for additional drilling to take place, especially on any sort of federal land. They're, heck, they aren't even doing it off the coasts here's any the, longer. Here's the problem. It's Orwellian. The Inflation Reduction Act literally does nothing if it reduces inflation, it's scant. The CBO says, like, what, 0.05% reduction over the next 10 years? Ooh, that's, one, that's we're five one-thousandths of a percent difference every year. We're spending more money in this bill than has ever been known to God or man. Like, Wait, is this, this is also the same bill, though, that, that gives us 87,000 new IRS agents. And what are those new IRS agents going to do? They're armed they can come after you if they really want to. If they wanted to. I mean, if they could you, but before. Have you seen some of the pictures of them in training, though? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. If you ever seen somebody hold a gun that's never touched a gun a day in their life, it's pretty Ooh, funny. It's the um, cup and saucer effect. It's really interesting. So he recaps really quickly that they've signed the American Rescue Plan that created nearly 10 million new jobs, a once-in-a-generation once in infrastructure law that helps that will help rebuild American roads, bridges, ports, deliver clean water, and high-speed internet to every American. The first meaningful gun safety law in 30 years. And if I have anything to do with it, we're still going to have assault weapons ban, but that's another story. He can't help himself. He just wants to – he keeps going back to the same talking points over and over and over again, which is I've got to appeal to a base appeal to my base. Here's, and here's, the, here's my favorite line. And all this progress is a part of our vision and plan a determined effort to get the job done for the American people so they can look their child in the eye and say, Honey, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Yes. When I see my nieces and nephews, I look them in the eye. They fall and scrape their knee. Don't worry. Honey, it's going to be okay. Daddy Joe is president. Everything's going to be fine. That's the different view of government. Government isn't here to coddle you. Your government is not here to give you whatever you want. They're not? No. I thought purpose, they were shopping. I thought the, purpose, it was like, the purpose of government is to simply ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare. I thought it was to give you a welfare check. Not in that order. No. Well, that's how they take oh, it. Right. I believe in the promise of America. No, I, I believe that... in the future of this country. Everything is going to make sure that this democracy delivers for your generation because I think that's at stake. This is the interesting thing and the big takeaway. As we go more into, we start talking about how we're going to be gearing up for 2023, the Gear Up Conference that's going to be going on with Ali Beth Stuckey on October 15th here in Columbia. We're going to be talking about issues of parental rights and things along those lines. It's very interesting because I was at a parental rights conference this past week in he Washington, wasn't gallivanting. I wasn't gallivanting. I was actually spending more time on the phone with what was going on <laughs> with our Supreme Court. Fair. But here's the thing about it. This was the interesting conversational point that came out of one of those discussions. We are using the same words, but they have different definitions. When we start talking about belief in the, in the faith of America, what America stands for, those ideas, the promise of America, the promise of America is very different in the mind of a Joe Biden than it is for the average conservative in America. We talked about this the other week. 
polling that was done by the Barna Research Group polled 1,500 Americans across the age, race, and political spectrum. Four major things came out of it. People are going, it is the economy, stupid. There are issues that are going on. The mm-hmm. second issue, don't mess with my family. I'm responsible for my family. I don't need you doing that. I need to be able to take care of my family. The third one, we're looking for candidates that we can believe in. Because the fourth major point, we want to believe in America again. But it goes back, as I said a moment ago, words have definitions. And if I use a word and you use a word and they have a different definition to them, I may think that you're saying what I'm thinking. When in reality you are painting a very different picture of your promise of America than I'm going to be doing from my standpoint. We're just continuing. I have no way around this. Joe Manchin says that, no, we're not actually raising taxes. No one says we're raising taxes. If you say we're raising taxes, you're not reading the bill. I don't, I still want to know what he was promised. Because he, I mean, he, I mean there's some, some level of trading that was he going kill, on. He killed West Virginia's industry. I mean, coal period. is a huge, he, huge I mean, industry. There's no way he runs for re-election, right? And if he does, he ain't winning. I think no he way. has Potomac fever, probably. That that's the Potomac River there in Washington D.C. The the joke is that people, when they get there long enough, um, they get Potomac fever. They get an inability to recognize reality. And I think that maybe what Joe Manchin is dealing with is that I don't think he spent enough time in West Virginia to be able to recognize the issues that West Virginians are facing based upon these decisions that are being made out of Washington to appease a movement of people who want to turn around and fundamentally transform America. The Inflation Reduction Act supports or supports workers and families. By creating clean energy jobs and incentivizing prevailing wages. By the way, you can go get an EV, an electric vehicle, and this is going to give you a tax credit for like $4,000. That's barely 10% of the cost. That's less than 10% of the cost. Really? Of a new, of a new EV, you're looking at $50,000. My gracious. Like like with some significant bells and whistles, like $55,000. Um, but hey. Where does that, but where does that electricity come from? Does that not know. come from the the production of electricity? Does not not come from either fossil fuels? Dave, you're overthinking. Coal? It. Dave, no, stop, stop. You're I mean, overthinking. Uh, Dave, you're overthinking. It's it, it's got to be wind and solar. Electricity just comes from the air. Oh, I thought you just plugged it into the wall. Yeah, you just plug it into the wall. And oh, there it that's, is. and that's where I'm getting my power. Yeah, that's it's so it's the just wall just there. The wall powers everything. Yes, like we're going to put up some charging stations. Got and there's it. going to be charging stations. You have to run amperage. You mean you don't have to put anything into them? Hmm. Oh, and it just just automatically fills it up. You're there for like 10 minutes, Dave. 10 minutes? You could drive from here to California in a day. Uh, Because electricity speeds your car up. You can't get 300 miles on a fill-up in an electric vehicle. I I drive a hybrid. My wife drives a hybrid. We drive a hybrid uh, on road trips. It's nice to get to to Atlanta and halfway back on a tank, I will say. That's That's true. That's pretty nice. The point, the point I'm making here is, and I don't want to be long-winded on this point, and I don't want to attack the White House, but I just have to, yeah, you just do. have to say, just say. No, I don't want to attack the White House. If the president's doing well, we're all doing well, and if that means he just stays downstairs and watches Matt Locke and eats some ice cream, then that's fine. But we can't pretend that this bill does something it doesn't. 
it doesn't reduce inflation. It does raise taxes. It raises taxes on people making less than $10,000 a year. Because the reality of what you're seeing is the corporate taxes that are going to be going up are taxes and costs. They're going to get passed along to the average consumer. A person making $10,000 a year is actually going to be paying more. Could one call that trickle-down taxation? That would be probably trickle-down flooding of taxations. Okay. Because the people who are at the bottom of the food chain there, the people who are making $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 a year, more of their income is going to be going to pay for those increased taxes that are being put onto corporate America. It's going to happen one way or the other. And the reality of that is, is because they want and think that the promise of America comes by growing more government. That's the Biden way. Grow more government, we can, we can fulfill more promises of we're, America. We're at the point, I'm telling you, y'all, you still got about another two years of this, right? When's the next presidential election? 24? 24. So January of 25, so yeah, a little bit over two years. A little years. over two years left, yeah. Ooh, buddy. I'm telling you. Just, just, uh, Albert Moeller mentioned it on his podcast yesterday. He said that with every election, if, prog- if you get progressive wins, you can get conservative pushback, but the conservative pushback never quite gets you to where you originally were. Right. So at every progressive stride, you lose ground conservatively no matter what because the return to the conservative side is never as far to the, back to the original as it was. And so, again, when we're talking about spending. I mean I'm holding everyone accountable in Washington because this is a joke, spending this much money. Um, one quick thing, one bright news, one piece of bright news. Remember last week we talked about a North Dakota school district, school board – that stopped doing the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance because it was not inclusive enough because everyone being under God is not inclusive enough. We have to be under no God or many gods because that changes things. Because the capital G God. Capital G God means Judeo-Christian, obviously. Right. And of Judeo-Christian, course. And Judeo-Christian people are terrible, apparently. Um, Neo- won't, uh, no, it's um, white, white Christo-fascist. Yes, or white christo fascist nationalist something another. I don't know. Pay attention. For those uh, of you who have been commenting, we... We, we, we have at least we, we see you. I see. I don't validate you, though. Um, after backlash, eight of the nine voted Thursday to reinstate the Pledge of Allegiance. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, a Republican, promoted new legislation earlier this week that would require public schools and governing bodies to administer the pledge without mandating that people recite it. So you do the pledge, but you don't force people to say it. I think that's about as American as you can get. Probably so. We're going to do the pledge. If you don't want to say it, you don't have to say it. You can just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there. But if words hurt your feelings, then maybe you should just leave. That's I'm I'm betting that's what Governor Doug Burgum was thinking when he introduced that legislation. But, but, but you, he can't say it. But you, this is the this is the idiocy of all of this that you actually have a school board that says this is not inclusive enough, and as a matter of fact, it's not individual. It doesn't have just liberty and justice for all. You know, we're working to live up to the ideal. Yeah, the Constitution was a, was a was the ultimate framework, and that you build to the ultimate framework. We are closer now to realizing the promissory note, as right. Martin Luther King wrote, than we were when he was alive or before that either. I mean, with every passing year and with every passing generation, we've gotten closer. The problem is, 
um, we're moving further away from that now because of this this move away from the fundamental beliefs yeah. and the structures that we all have, which is the culture of America, which is what we fight for here at Palmetto Family, is, is the protection of the culture that is South Carolina, the culture that is America. You listen to this podcast either because you truly do believe in the conservative principles that, that make up and are foundational to who we are as Americans, or you just like to be um, bloviate on commentary because you are just looking for anything that you could possibly do to undercut the reality of what is America right now. Whichever one of those you are, we're grateful that you do listen. And for those of you who are supportive of the work that we do, we ask that you continue to support the work that we do. You can visit palmettofamily.org slash donate. If you're listening to us through the app right now, there's a way to give on the app. Mm -hmm. But what we're working on right now is is asking you to partner with us so that we can continue the work that we're doing to be able to stand on biblical principles, to help people to understand what the issues are, why they matter, what the Bible says about them, and what they can do about it, because it is fundamental to the democratic republic process of our government to be able to turn around and say, here's what we're going to be doing as Americans because we're going to involve ourselves in the process. So that is an important part of your being a partner with us here at Palmetto Family. Your investment comes with a return. That return on investment is so valuable to what we do to protect and guard the culture that is South Carolina. And like I said last week, it's not affected by inflation. No, it's not because we keep going. Because we keep doing things and we don't waste time or waste resources, unlike certain people who, never mind, I'm going to stop. We'll because, stop there. Because the IRS is probably listening to me somewhere, and they're going to bust in here. 87,000 of them. They're going to bust in here with their Kevlar vests and holding a toy gun like a cup and a saucer. Anyway, before I get into more trouble, that's all the time we have for this edition of the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. We thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week to talk a little bit and preview what's to come next week when the House returns here in South Carolina. We'll analyze what the fight for the sanctity of human life looks like in South Carolina in regards to the Human Life Protection Act, H5399, exceptions, no exceptions, amendments, no amendments, and we'll forecast what we believe will happen inside the House as if that is a possibility. possibility? Uh, I was going to say, do we have any idea of how that prognostication is going to look like? I said last week, football season starts the same week as the House comes back. I think there will be more hitting and tackling in the House than there will be on the football field at williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday, September 3rd. But we shall see. There's a whole story about a former South Carolina senator. You know your history. It's a good one. We'll be back later this week for more. For Mitch Prosser, Kevin Caiello, Dave Wilson, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for watching the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.